0: good evening, everyone. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, If you were here last Sunday, either morning or evening, uh, how have you got on? We've been kind of thinking about this already regarding our 40 days, but how have you personally got on? If you were here last week, you maybe weren't, you're maybe visiting tonight, maybe this is the first time you've heard of 40 days, but if you were here last Sunday morning or evening, how have you got on with reading the Bible and following the, the daily reading plan that's in here. And as, as Gordon or someone said, if you didn't get one of these, please grab one at the end. But how are you getting on? One of the, uh, the quotes that I used last Sunday made this crucial point. The primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible. The primary purpose of reading the Bible is to know God. So, so what I want to do is kind of rephrase that first question I asked, and here's what I here's a far better question. How have you got on with getting to know God better this week? How have you got on with getting to know God better this week? You see, it's, it's not so much a 40-day Bible reading plan that we've introduced. It's, it's a 40-day getting to know God better plan. God makes himself known via scripture. We discover who God is and more about God and his character and his ways and his plans and his thoughts through reading his word. Our kind of awareness of God is heightened and developed as we engage with this book. People often ask, how can you actually know God? How can you get to know God? Well, one of the key answers is through reading the Bible. Which is why it is and has got to remain at the center and at the heart and the soul of this church. God has chosen to reveal himself via his word. And therefore, if we're going to get to know God and if we're going to make God known then we need to be people of his book. So my question at the start isn't so much about a 40-day project or program. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. So how have you got on in your relationship with God this week? As you have read those various chapters of his word. Today, First Samuel 16 and 17. But God hasn't just chosen to reveal himself via scripture. There are other ways. But before I mention three other ways, I want to say that that tonight might seem a little technical. A little more detailed or maybe even wordy than normal and and not so much practical. It's it's possibly going to sound a bit more lecture-like than sermon-like. But as I introduce this this new series and kind of set the stage and set the scene, I feel it's important to explain where we're going with this and and why. And and therefore, I need to deal with Christian doctrine in a sense. I need to set out and tease out what we as Christians believe about how God reveals himself. Because this is so important. Because God has chosen to reveal himself, and he does it in different ways. One of those ways is through his word, but there's at least three others. So hang in with me, stick with me. So God hasn't just revealed himself in scripture, there there are other ways, and and creation is is one other way. In Romans 1, we, we read this, since what may be known about God is plain to them, to all humanity because god has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what he has made let me read those verses in the message by taking a long and thoughtful look at what god has created people have always been able to see what their eyes as such cannot see. God's eternal power and the mystery of his divine being. You see, there is something about and in the created order that reveals God. As you and I look around us, as we watch planet Earth, There's something that discloses, something in that created order that discloses who God is and what God is like. And so, for example, as the psalmist recognizes, the skies, the heavens declare the glory of God. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Speaking about who God is and what God is like. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. You see, it's non-verbal revelation and communication from the smallest atom to the largest galaxy, from the most simple life form to the most complex. God has revealed himself. Now, whether people acknowledge God as creator and whether they seek to know him better as a result of what they see and what they observe around them, well, that's a whole other issue. But God reveals himself through creation. Plus, as the Bible makes clear on this, human beings have this nasty habit of of worshiping the created rather than the creator. And therefore, never get to know the author. Now, there's lots more I could say about that, but but the point I want to stress at this stage is, is creation, as we look around, as we look up, as we look down, as we look in, creation reveals God, what he is like. Sometimes referred to as general revelation because it's revealed to everyone. No one can, be, can have an excuse. But another way God has revealed himself according to the Bible is through each person's conscience. Now again, this is a tricky one. But Paul writes in Romans 2, even Gentiles, who do not have God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts by, for their conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them that they're doing right. Now, those are, and have been described as dense verses. I know that. There's a lot in there that warrants further explanation, but but for the purposes of this evening, what I want to say is these verses show us that God has placed a knowledge of himself within the heart of each human being. Humanity intuitively knows the difference between good and evil and right and wrong. Somehow the way we've been morally hardwired reveals God. Now I know a lot of you are thinking, "But, but hang on a minute. Surely the effects of sin have severely damaged the circuitry. The God-given moral conscience has been severely seared, has it not? And that has significantly and disastrously distorted our awareness and understanding of who God is and our ability to know God. Yes, I, I get that. I understand that. That is true. That is explicit biblical teaching as well. But God reveals himself through people's consciences, despite it being damaged and distorted. But there's a fourth way. It's the main reason for this new series. God has not only revealed himself through Scripture, through creation, through people's conscience, but he has revealed himself through Jesus, and this is sometimes referred to as special revelation, but like Scripture. Conscience, creation, general revelation, uh, Scripture, Jesus, special revelation. We have just come out of Christmas. Celebrating the truth of Emmanuel, God is with us. And in the Apostle John's epic version of the Christmas story of the word becoming flesh and living amongst us and kind of moving into our neighborhood, we read this. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made God known. Jesus reveals the Father. Jesus reveals God. Later on, Jesus, whenever he was connecting with people and speaking into their lives, he said things like, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal God. And that last line is so important. And to those whom God chooses to, or Jesus, cho- the Son chooses to reveal God. In John 14, we read where Jesus says, anyone who's seen me, says Jesus, has seen the Father. Or what about this explicit statement, or rather prayer of Jesus in John 17? righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. So God is revealed in and through and by in Jesus. And therefore, this new series, and as I say, that this is quite a kind of technical, I understand that introduction to it, but this new series at the end of the day is all about Jesus. It's just all about Jesus. And so for a whole bunch of Sunday nights, we're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to take a fresh look at various incidents in his life and his ministry. And through observing Jesus' attitudes, Jesus' actions, Jesus' reactions, we're hopefully going to get to know God better. Because according to Jesus, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. If you know him, you will know God. And as I continue to kind of introduce this series this evening, let me take you to Hebrews 1. If you do have a Bible and you want to turn to it, that's great. It is going to be on the screen, and we're going to kind of go through it line by line. But the opening three, three verses of this fascinating book, and some of you were thinking we are starting a series in Hebrews. We're not starting a series in Hebrews. We're just introducing this series using the first three verses of Hebrews this evening. But in Hebrews chapter 1, the first three verses of this fascinating book kind of explain this in graphic detail. And so let me just take you through it line by line, phrase by phrase, to kind of introduce this idea that Jesus reveals God. So the first line is this Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Now, the first thing to note there is that God speaks. Long ago, God spoke. God is not a silent God, God speaks. And in Old Testament times, God spoke either directly or through visions and dreams. And that's the kind of many times and in many ways that's referred to here. And he gave his prophets words to share with the people. And many of those words were received and they were recorded. They were written down and we have them. And therefore, God's word continues to speak. God is constantly being revealed through his word, as we've said. But in verse two, we read this. And now, in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son. God also communicates through Jesus. If if you want to get to know God, you've got to look at and listen to Jesus. Some of you might remember how I I mentioned recently that there are only three times whenever the father spoke audibly to his son. Only three times recorded in the New Testament where the father spoke audibly to and over his son. One of those times was at his baptism. Another of those times was during his last week as he entered Jerusalem. And the other occasion is at his transfiguration, as we call it. And on that last occasion, this is what the father said. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. You see, God speaks to us through Jesus. But let's read on. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance and through the Son he created the universe. And there are echoes here of John 1 again where it says there, nothing has been created except through the Word, through Jesus, in other words, Jesus has been around from the very beginning. He was there at creation. He's the agent of creation. He knows the Father intimately. And that is why he is able to reveal God to us. And then verse 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory, glory the exact representation of his being, an, and the term here in the original language is taken from a word which describes a mint, not the edible after eight type, but the coinage type, as in the royal mint, you know the place where coins are produced, and it describes how a coin is the exact representation of the mint from which it was formed, and so the idea here that the writer is trying to get across, the idea of the writer of the Hebrews, and people aren't too sure exactly who the writer of the Hebrews is, but the idea that the writer of the Hebrews is trying to get across is that Jesus is the exact representation of God, the Father, the Father. And so it's one of the reasons why Jesus on another occasion said, I and the Father are one. Or as I've already said, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the precise imprint of God the Father. The the, the apostle Paul put it like this in Colossians 1 whenever he was kind of waxing lyrical about Jesus. He said he is the image of the invisible God. That, that's who Jesus is. The image of the invisible God. We look at Jesus and we see God. Let's read on. Sustaining all things by his power. Again, this is a bit like, like Paul in Colossians where he writes, in Jesus, everything holds together. Here the writer saying, Jesus sustains everything by his powerful word. That's hard to get your head around. Scientists have never been able to discover the force that keeps the protons and electrons and the atoms spinning in perfect order or what keeps the planets and the stars in orbit. And and yet the Bible clarifies that, that not only did Jesus create, but Jesus sustains this immense universe. And then immediately after the writer has has built up this picture of how God has spoken to us through Jesus and explained who Jesus is and enlarged our vision of who Jesus is so that we can get to know God better, he then brings it back to us. When he had cleansed us from our sins. You see, we are and can be forgiven, cleaned up from and off the mess of sin in our lives by this Jesus. Jesus, as his cousin said, Jesus, you're the lamb of God and it's through you that we take away the sins of this world. And so as Jesus sacrificially laid his life down about three years after his cousin John had said that about him, as Jesus sacrificially laid down his life to save and rescue us, he did that. Why? Because God so loved the world and therefore in his death as in his life, what is Jesus doing? Jesus is revealing the love and compassion of God for his creation. But the story doesn't end there. Because then it says, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. In other words, Jesus is is still alive. Jesus is still active. Jesus is still at work. Jesus is still revealing God to us. Jesus is still our way of getting to know God and getting to know him better. And therefore, over these next, and I'm not entirely sure how many weeks we're going to go with this, but we're going to zoom in. We're going to kind of zoom in on a number of specific incidents and encounters where Jesus speaks, where Jesus teaches, where Jesus does certain things. And as we do that, what we discover is God revealed. We get to know God better. Which is one of the most important things any of us can ever do. As the catechism says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Well, how do we do it? How do we get to know this God better in order to glorify him and enjoy him forever? Well, what do we do? We keep reading. We keep reading through our 40 days. We keep reading scripture. We look around us. We observe and we listen to the non-verbal communication of the created order. We check our consciences, but ultimately we fix our focus. We fix our eyes on Jesus as the writer of Hebrews will later encourage us to do. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who ultimately will reveal God to us and to all humanity. Let me pray and then we're going to sing one final song. Father God, I I thank you that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. I thank you for the different ways you do that. And God, as we begin this new series of zooming in on and focusing in on and homing in on Jesus, I pray that as we observe his life, as we listen to his words, as we see how he treated people, we'll discover more and more about the heart of the Father about the heart of God for people, for us, for this community, for this world. God, we want to know you. We want to know you better. We want this world to know you. And so help us to see Jesus for who he is, the one who sustains, the one in whom all things hold together the one who has cleansed us from our sins, the one who right now is seated in the place of honor and is interceding for us. Help us to see Jesus as he really is. Help us to get to know you, God. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.